that thing. Right there. Hello and welcome to the Swim Brief. I am Chris DeSantis and I am joined once again by the man, the myth, the legend, Joel Rawlings. Joel, how does it feel to be a legend? It's, it's everything that you ever dreamed it would be. It really is. Right. Right. I guess you get asked that every day, so it's not it's not that exciting of a question Correct. for you. But um, so listen, Joel, I'm uh, I'm proudly if if people are going to watch clips of this, they're going to see um, my Camp Daddy T-shirt. I'm I'm coming direct from um, this uh, week of the summer where all the camps shut down <laughs> and school has not started yet. And uh, so I'm, I'm planning uh, field trips and, and, uh, and meals and days full of um, fun outdoor activities. But I'm beaming in from that to do a podcast. You are, I, I imagine, just in the trenches preparing for another season. Is that right? Uh, not for another season, for the first season. So, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, well, yeah. Okay. We're, we're doing that. Okay. <laughs> preparing for the initial season, I guess, in, right on. in this yeah. context. And and I think there's probably a lot of people who are listening to this who um, are also in that stage, right? They're getting ready to, they're ramping up into a, another competitive season. And um, so I thought of something that I think would be worth us discussing um, because it's a good tone setter, I think, for a lot of people in the course of a competitive season. And that is basically, uh, for lack of a better term here, I'm just going to say boundary setting. Um, and like everything else we discuss here, it has a lot to do with how you communicate things, um, how you plan things. But, you know, it, it, I, I think that one of these sort of ingrained ways that a lot of us learn to coach um, is – you know, you have a set of things that you want athletes to do or that you believe athletes, if they did, then that would give, give them the, the best possible results, right? And, um, but, you know, like human beings don't, are, not, are not robots. You don't feed programming into them and then they just execute and come out the other end, right? People fire off in all sorts of directions. So you get to this question of how do I steer people or or encourage people or motivate people towards the thing that i believe will work best and the you know the 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 traditional default at the end of any other techniques sort of people just have punishment right you can just go like do this or we will, you know, like I think the, the example I used before we started recording was I, I did, I, I was on a lot of teams where it was like growing up where it was like, you do this set or you got to do push-ups, right? Um, sure. And that never seemed quite right to me. Um, I actually think before we get into this, what's your, what's your experience with that kind of thing? I mean, um, how do you... How, I guess, how do you decide what's a punishment and what's not a punishment? 
in that context. Because I think people, you know, if you if you if you say like do this or or we'll do this, right? If you use that construction, it leads pretty frequently into people thinking, well, you know, the thing that I'm going to be made to do, if I don't execute what that what's being asked of me, is a punishment. No, I see. Like, I think I was pretty lucky, and just you know, people that I you know swam for and things like that were more. Um, you know, there's a lot of explanation as to why, and then maybe they just use extreme sarcasm mm. to get there. But and I, but uh, but, but um, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been uh, the punishment uh, was dealing with extreme sarcasm. <laughs> correct, correct. The mental anguish of that. Um, you know, I, I've I've been on pool decks with other people, like you know, especially like working like zone teams or things like that, where you're working with a lot of different coaches and a lot of different coaching styles. And sometimes be like, you know, we're all doing this, or you're doing a 200 fly. You're like, well that's half this group's event. How, how, how is that making them feel if that becomes the punishment kind of thing? And um, yeah, I think what I've always seen as far as like when coaches get to that or, or like parents get to that, you know, I'm sure, you know, looking by your disheveled state that you're at that point right now, or it becomes because I said, so <laughs> it's because your bandwidth is just, it, we're, we're fried, we're tired, we're used up. And it's just like, just right. because I said, so I want, I want, this is what we're going to do. And, and I think about also like, because right now, like with the college team I'm looking at is, is again, if, if they're clapping back on something, then it's like, then I don't think I've done a good enough job explaining why we're doing something. And then maybe they actually have a legit thing that might be better than what we're doing. But again, when you're, when you're dealing with different age groups and especially lots of age groups and time is of the essence, I kind of understand you, you're always kind of like, if this, than this and and you want to kind of create that um you know just to expedite things like listen you know there, there's a time and place for answering these questions right now we, we kind of got to get people moving um so so i kind of understand right. again where you're coming from with that and it'd be interesting again what's the best way to move the large group as quickly as possible as effectively as possible but again not not by creating that or we're doing the 200 fly kind of classic thing where all of a sudden it's like or push-ups like well if push-ups are part of what we're doing to get stronger, then are we being punished every time we're in the weight room, you know, or that, or that kind of thing. So I, I think it kind of, right. kind of that whole right. intrinsic, extrinsic rewards kind of thing are also kind of like, you can be shattering that by like choosing what, what again, what is a punishment? How I always kind of looked at it. Well, you know, the whole sport here should be in a sense, like, you know, a reward, <laughs> you know, it's like, you're coming here yeah. to do something. I, I don't know exactly how to phrase that better. Um, but it, it's again, like, like I, you take our sport and put it like in a basketball saying or volleyball saying, it's like your punishment is you're going to play more volleyball if you're on a volleyball team. Like, well, that's what we want to do. Right. So like your punishment is going to swim more. It's like, well, then I think sometimes when you do that, it um, takes away the, um, uh, you know, the, the rationale for doing a set, you know, again, why are we doing a two flying set when that's the punishment? Again, it, I think it, like you said, uh, it kind of muddies the boundaries, I guess, is, is where I'm going with that. That was a long explanation for two two words, muddies boundaries. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, so to just bounce off some of the things you said, do you think that, um, you know, how it's, it, I have a hard time imagining how anyone would expect a kid on their team to like the 200 fly if you formulate it like, like right. a punishment, Right. And I think your your construction about the weight room there nailed it right on the head. If if push ups are a punishment, then all of a sudden dry land is an everyday punishment that has been 
meted out. So you, you really want to be careful about this stuff. And I, I think sort of the point I was getting to is that programming wise, I think if you're asking kids to do something at practice, it should be because you believe it's going to help them flat right. out. Right. And that is the, that is the method at which it should be delivered. I'm asking you to do this because I think it will be good for you to do this. Right. Um, and I mean, <laughs> to be honest, coming out of, um, I, I could give a couple stories uh, coming out of uh, parent brain here because that's just where I am right now. Um, you know, I, I, I uh, somebody said this to me early on and I found it really effective um, with both of my kids is that, um, you know, like little kids, uh, you're going to make a lot of decisions for them. But as they grow and stuff, they're going to want more autonomy, right? They're going to express their opinion more. They're going to insert more of like, hey, here's what I want. Um, and one of the ways you can actually help them to uh, be happy is you're not going to just let them do whatever they want, whenever they want, right? You are, you are going to, by na nature, put some boundaries on what you will sort of um, what you will accept them doing and what you won't accept them doing. Um, and so you can actually give them a lot of situations where you go like, okay, yeah, you want to choose what you're doing. You have option A or option B or maybe even option C, right? But all of those are things that are within the boundaries of what you will accept. Right. So it's like, yeah, you get a choice, um, but you don't get to just choose like whatever you want, because actually, um, even I come back to the psychology program, positive psychology program. We read a book in there that, that left a big mark on me um, and it's called The Illusion of Choice. And, you know, most people have this perception that like more choice and that autonomy is what makes them happy. But actually, you can have too much autonomy. Right. Mm -hmm. um, right. The, the, the most frequent one of this is like uh, that, that I remember from the book was like, you know, yogurt. Right. Um, by, if you go into the grocery store and, you know, maybe there's four different kinds of yogurt, you know, you try them all and you're like, that's I figured out which one's my favorite one. I'm going to buy that one every time I want yogurt. If you go into a grocery store and there's and I run into this a lot, there's like 25 different kinds of yogurt. You can just lead to this like decision paralysis where you're just like, well, I don't know, is the New Zealand style yogurt better than the Greek or like this is, you know, made by um, um, this is made organically by uh, Turkish goat herders. Like, is this a better one for me? Like, you know, it just it just multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. Um, and all of a sudden, then you have to exert like a lot of energy just to make basic decisions versus just having like a limited set of options and go, okay, I'm going to pick that direction. And I'm going to go straight forward and then I can get on to um, whatever I'm doing. I think this applies to a lot of um, team situations. You may have situations where you want to give people um, a choice, but that choice should always be um, sort of planned out by you. And it should be, uh, set to that no matter what they choose, they're going to choose something that you think is good for them. Right. Right. 
I, I think um, kind of going along what you're saying here is p- part of it is like I because I always think when we talk about a topic, you know, my framework is I'm, I'm looking from the college end, and your framework is probably more age group right now, you know, because you're a little more removed from like in Denmark and things like that. And so, uh, kind of when you use the example like children and expressing autonomy, I think um, you know. So you're talking about the, the the book you read was the Illusion of Choice. When I first started coaching with uh, Milton Elms, was it, the first book he gave me was Don't Shoot the Dog, the the dog training manual. Um, the idea of like how reward structures are and, and what are you rewarding and what right. are you punishing? And, and a lot of times these punishments are nonverbal cues that you didn't even realize are being a punishment. And, and so again, like the extreme of the 200 fly, if you just kind of like sigh, that could be a punishment enough where it's like, man, you just crushed that kid. And so understanding what, what those punishments are, but then thinking as far as like from your end to my end, going with the, the simple example of the child, they're expressing their autonomy. There's there's aspects in that that need to be developed. They need to grow right. and understand a framework for expressing their autonomy. And it's not screaming and yelling and, and pouting. It's like, Dad, I, I want this, this, this. Um, and, and kind of coaching that and coaxing that out of them. Versus, you know, when they come up to my level, again, expressing the autonomy, it's a good thing. I want them, in a sense, to learn that if they're in a work setting, how do I have a, a rational conversation about something that you might not agree with? And so again, that's, that's the end outcome that we're looking for. And what are we doing to kind of reward that along the way? And what I've seen sometimes is um, I don't know the good way to, to phrase this as a coach. I think you've got kind of some coaches almost like, like the Socratic method. Hey, let's try to figure out this. And it takes like an hour and a half just to come up with that. But you also have like that bullying style or militaristic style coach. And you sent me an article about how the military is actually getting away from that drill sergeant. But if we use that classic idea of what a drill sergeant is, kind of that idea of like, you just do this because there's fear involved. Or you just right. do this because I've, I've been coaching for 30 years. You know, they, they'll, they'll always drop their how many years they've coached or who they've coached. And that becomes immediately their you know, their credential for why this works, therefore you should do this. And when you have that kind of a a framework that you grow up in, um, I think it's kind of like, it's very comforting. And like you said, the illusion of choice, there is no choice. I listen to exactly what the coach says. I'm going to do that. Exactly. And then at the end, it's like, are, are are they kind of falling into that because they really believe that this is the best way of doing it? Or do they fall into that because is the best way for me no longer to have to have responsibility if the outcome is not where I want it to be. You know, I've got a person I can blame right away. And so I've always kind of gone, right. that, let's work together on things. Let's figure out different ways of doing things because the, the student athletes I have, they got different schedules. They've got different training backgrounds. They've got all sorts of changes in their lives that have hit them all at once. And so when they get to me, if they're coming from that, just sit down, shut up, do this, you'll be great. Again, that, that, that can be very, um, comforting in a sense, you know, because it's like, all I have to do is just listen. Exactly. Also, they come in like, Hey, what do you want to do? What do you mean? Also, it goes from again, one yogurt choice to here's 20,000 yogurt choices. And hopefully I'm there to help kind of guide you along. But I, I see that being the biggest rift, much like, I guess, if someone's going from the, you know, having a lot of choices as a age group swimmer and having a great coach that's working a lot of things, all of a sudden they go in and now there's one way of doing things. And, and we, often talk about that with like that kind of um, the classic kind of like 
college coach who burns out these athletes because they're not willing to listen to them as well. So I think there's kind of, it's almost like right. a funnel both, both ways. Again, using the, the yogurt example, they have all these choices and now all of a sudden they get one choice or they've always had one choice and they have all of a sudden a lot of choices. I think both ways out of that funnel are equally shocking and scary to, to the athlete. Yeah. I think you make a great point there about developing autonomy. And I, I often think about this because I wonder what the cross section between coaches who complain that athletes on their team um, don't manage themselves very well and coaches who don't give kids opportunities to learn to manage themselves. So it's like, you know, like in one hand, you've set up an entire system where there's no opportunities until like, it's almost like there's no opportunities until all of a sudden there's an opportunity. Right. And it's kind of like being that guy on a basketball team where you're not, you're not the best player. You're not dominating the ball. You're just kind of moving around the court. And then the guy who's been, you know, holding the ball 90% of the time you get open and he just hits you right in the chest with a pass. And then he's like, why didn't you shoot? And you're just like, I, I don't know what to do in this situation. Right. I'm not, not used to having the ball in my hands. I'm not used to like making a decision in this. Like I need to actually practice this and I need to know what the plan is for when I'm like going to get the ball in order to get to the, to the next piece of it. I can tell you a formulation that I've used again. I'm going to default to a kid example, but like I took my kids to a, a, um, a kid's museum on Tuesday. We were there all day and we stopped and we ate lunch in the middle and I bought this delicious, like, and I, when I, when I say delicious, I bought this delicious brownie. Right. And you know, my son's five years old. So he sees the brownie and first thing that goes through his mind. And like, you can relate this to a kid in a situation where like you've told them something that they just love is coming in practice. Right. He just goes like, I'm done with my lunch. I'm ready to eat brownie. Like he hasn't touched like a bite of his entire lunch. He's like, I'm good. I, I'm ready to eat the brownie. Right. And obviously like P is a dad. I don't just want to feed him a brownie for lunch. I don't think that's good for him to just eat a brownie for lunch. But if I just say, you know, you need to eat your lunch or there's no brownie for you. Then I've set up like that. Not getting a brownie is a punishment. So Here's what I tried instead. I said to him, I said, um, listen, if you don't eat your lunch, like if you don't finish eating your lunch, my, what I think is going on is you're full and you don't need any more food. Therefore, I'm not going to give you this brownie because you're full. Like your, your, your stomach's already full and I don't want you to get sick or not feel well. Like I, I want you to, I want you to, you know, be able to, um, I want you to like, you know, he gets car sick sometimes. We had a big explanation about that piece of it. And I think you can set up a similar construction in, in practice so that it's not necessarily a punishment in so much as, look, here's step one that I think you should take. And if you finish step one, then I'll know you're ready for step two. And often step two is something that kids will really want, Right. And that can be a way you can construct it to get them to, you know, take the sequential steps that are necessary um, 
and not just skip to the part or just only focus on the part of Frathis that they think is cool or fun uh, or naturally like, right? Right. And I think, so to, so to put that into a, into an example for like swimming with the idea of like, you have all these parameters that we're always trying to adjust as far as it, in, in a, in a practice, you've got your volume, you got intensity within that. You've got like cycle rate, you've got, uh, uh, which also probably goes into with distance per stroke. So just, just right there, just, just four, four parameters. Obviously there's, there's a ton more that we can go into farther, but let's just say you're doing like fifties um, from the block and you're going, you know, you're like, all right, well, I want you guys to get within X amount of percentages of your race. And they're going like 45 strokes for two lengths of the pool to do that. And you're like, this is ridiculous, guys. You're just spinning your wheels. It's like you gave them the parameter of two lengths. You gave them the parameter of do this time. And now they're for coming in and succeeding, you just punish them by going, well, you didn't hit the parameter that I valued. You know, or, right. or, I, had, I had a secret parameter that I didn't tell you about. <laughs> right, right. And so right. the same thing here where, where, again, I'm not getting the brownie now. It's like, well, you didn't really lay out all the parameters. And sometimes we're in, I think this ties into everything we've been talking about for months now is the idea of communication of the idea of right. like, wh what is it that you're really valuing and how can you explain that to the team? How, what are you really, and again, it doesn't matter what, if it's college kids down to age groupers or, or whatever, these are the things I'm valuing. And then also looking for those things again, where again, maybe they're expressing their autonomy or they're expressing, you know, some trait that actually is pretty good that you want to see later on and kind of going, Hey, I really love that you're doing this. Just maybe not in this context right now, you know, let's, let's, let's explore this another time or something like that. So that again, that yeah. you don't create a whole team of lap dogs or like a child that's only like the only way they're listening is if that you're yelling or if it's someone with authority authority coming in versus them kind of, again, creating some choices in their own mind, Again, because because it's always like basically like we're all wired that way where whatever we're going to want to do is going to be what's most comfortable or, or, or the quickest reward, whether it's like sugar or whatever might it be. Um, but to kind of, again, what swimming always preaches is the idea of that delayed gratification is I think come, a lot of this is going to come from the basic understanding and, and understanding with the time that you have, especially early part of the season like now. And that's why we're talking about this. Right now, is you have the idea, the time to be like, these are the whys. Let's lay this mm. out there. Because um, one of the things mm. that I saw when I coached, I, I started coaching at the university a while back, and you know, I'd be like, hey, anyone, come on in, let's let's, let's work. And then like, you get these kids coming from high volume programs. Also, we're doing lower volume, and we want this, this, this. And they're very used to being rewarded for effort. I gave a hundred percent effort. It's like, well, yeah, hundred percent effort. It, that that's very nice. It's very good. What I also would like is execution. And all of a sudden, like wham, <laughs> you know that that becomes really a, a pretty severe punishment to them because again, it's it's such a broad. What do you mean execution? By what? By what do you mean? It's like I gave 100 percent effort. I've always been right. given the cookie. I've always been given the reward at the end of the, the brownie's always coming when I try really hard. It's like well, yeah, try hard and bring this. And so early part of the season, laying that out so that again, when when you're in the middle of the season and time constraints are there or you've got all these moving parts going there that you're able to go these are the these are the things we're looking for one two and three and again give, giving those parameters you know not being so specific that all of a sudden it, it grinds them out where they're not able to function but kind of create that idea of like you know where leadership isn't just from the top there's kind of a 
you know, they, they have got to lead themselves. And they also can lead the group in, in putting people into that position where they are doing that. Whether, like, um, I think we talked about this where I was at Elmbrook Swim Club with, uh, with my friend Brent Bach, really great coach. And he and I were talking for a minute and the group was like doing a set and he calls over this one, one boy on the team and said, hey, uh, have over and do, we're going to do six blah, blah, blahs. And, and he, like, the kid just stops. Everyone looks at the kid and they all go. I'm like, is that like a team captain or something? Or is that a senior? I was like, no, he's the only kid that was looking at me. But it was like enough of kind of like where the leadership had been right. disseminated down. Again, where, where someone would be like, oh, yeah. he's got the instructions. We need to lead from, from what he's saying. And so, again, it gave hit this kid. And I'm like, that's genius. And he's like, what are you talking about? I just, the kid was looking at me. That's all it was. It's like it's genius because right. it's giving a, a chance for someone to take on a leadership position that isn't, you know, voted on, that isn't the fastest kid in the pool or whatever it is, because so many times we see that. And that's what we want is again, we want leadership from with, within the group, not just a person, a coach, anything like that. You said something in there that I really want to pull out. Cause I, I had, it made me think of a story, um, a coaching experience that I had, but I'm, I'm curious to hear um, about maybe one from yours. You, you talked about how, um, you know, maybe a kid is going to show you something that you think is going to be beneficial. Like it's kind of an inappropriate reaction in the context that you're working with them in that moment. Right. And you, and you have to say the like, Hey, not now, but, but it's actually something that you really like and you like want them to circle back around and sort of retain it. You don't want to completely squash them in that moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you think of like a, an example of that? This unfortunately is going to go down the, the vein of, of totally out of the swimming, but you know, you've done enough with your kids. So I, I just finished moving here to Milwaukee. And so um, what, what I learned through the realtor is like, if you're moving, so this is a little sidebar for everyone that, that you're not going to get on the Brett Hawk podcast to save money right. in a move. <laughs> you need to, uh, you, you don't hire the moving company to pack stuff. You hire packers to pack this stuff and a lot of the stuff that you need moved. Like again, if it doesn't need to be insured, you can just pay some kids to do it, but you know, dirt cheap. And this one kid, like, totally disassembled the, this, this bed and things. It was like, and I go upstairs, like I, that was one of the things that had a little sign there said, you know, don't, don't need to assemble it. And he's like all apologetic. I'm like, Hey man, you took initiative. You did a great job. You know, cause he, he was there. The, the, right. the foreman who I had hired wasn't there. The kid just did this on his own. And it was going to add more right. work on my plate, but it was like, again, Hey, good initiative. Appreciate it. Cause I don't want this guy sitting around, you know, I'm paying him by the hour. I don't, I don't want him you know, like just waiting until someone tells him what to do. I want him doing stuff. And so one right. time out of the 10, he did something wrong. I'll, I'll take it. No, no big deal. Hey, I like you. How you how you're on your own working. Uh, just when we do this, this or this. And so there, there's ways that you can kind of yeah. say you, you appreciate like kid leaves early on a set. Hey, good on you, man. Way to get after it. Don't stop in the middle though. You're sprinting. <laughs> keep sprinting. Why stop in the middle? You screwed right. up. Make it a grand screw up. Keep on going. Go hard. You know, right. and, and make it one of those right. things where it doesn't become a thing where, okay, I, I see it all the time, like a kid will leave early and they stop at the flags. Like, well, now you're swimming five less. Yeah, just, just keep going. Just keep going and, right. and the whole group will catch up. It's okay. It's just swimming. It's not brain surgery. You just go. And, and those are the things I want is I want those people that are they're kind of, again, we all want like that go-getter kind of a kid. Well, then we have to create that. Right. You have to you have to find a way to encourage it. Uh, the story that it, that it made me think of was um, I was coaching a practice once, and you know I was I was really focused on getting kids 
um, the kids in the water to swim down at the end of practice. And, um, you know, uh, there was a girl who, uh, maybe she's, she's about 15 years old. Um, and she, you know, she often didn't do the swim down. She started talking to somebody else and, you know, then, then, then there'd be two people not doing the swim down and you really need right. a critical mass with swimming down. It's like, once you get above 90% of the people doing it, everybody, then you go right to a hundred. But like, if you get below that, then it starts to just sort of like pull down. So I'm really close to that. And, you know, I just see her there and I'm frustrated and I just go like, Hey, get off the wall and keep swimming down. And she like her spine straightened up and she looked at me and she was just like full of piss and vinegar. And she was like, I have my period right now and I got really bad cramps and I just want to sit here right now. Like, don't, don't fucking yell at me. Yeah. (laughs) That was my swear for the podcast. And I was like, my eyes were wide and I was like, that was a completely inappropriate reaction. Like to what happened. And she was like, immediately she started regretting what she said. She was like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to get off the wall. So I, circle back with her at the end of practice and I go, I just want to establish two things. I know we both like, we both lost it a little bit on each other there. I said, um, you never have to be ashamed in the context of sports to just say like, Hey, I have my period. I'm having a hard time right now. Like, so my, my reaction was not, you know, to, to shame you for, for saying that I don't want to be yelled at, 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 at practice. And I think that you can do the swim down, um, under any circumstances, it'll be good for you to do it. And, um, but I said, you know what? I would love to see some more of that level of fight. Like when you're racing a hundred free in your next meet, like show somebody you're competing against that you've got that much heart to defend yourself and like just just fight in a competitive situation where somebody challenges you um and i think you know quite often what i take away from that is quite often we can just crush kids we don't like the reaction right we can just crush them right even with a sigh but that's not what you want right you actually want kids that are going to fight and compete and sometimes really push back on you hard right like with everything they've got um, and you won't get it unless you foster it a little bit. Yeah. I, th- I think um, kind of again, the, the, the don't shoot the dog, the dog train man. The idea was like, if you got like a pit bull, it's like really strong animal. And that's what you want. You want a strong animal. If it's going somewhere you don't want it to go, you pull straight back on the leash. It pulls harder. And, and now it's, now it's a pissing contest. And when he is going to lose and probably the dog's going to win. And once the dog wins, now it's like, shoot maybe i'm in charge here uh the idea here is like you're gonna pull from the side a little bit and be like hey you know we gotta go this direction uh the same thing here with the athletes that i want like that they're gonna be on relays the ones that you know that that don't give up that that keep on pushing are the ones that are gonna pull back really really hard and and that's exactly what what we want and that's why you want to go again listen i love this i love the dialogue i love this 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 i was like right now 
we need for this reason. And again, I think kind of going back to the idea of like uh, we mentioned really kind of kiddingly about how it was like uh, overt sarcasm to, to get us motivated in the youth programs. I grew up, you know, the youth, I think use that us as swim coaches use that way too much. It's, it's far too much of a passive aggressive way of getting things resolved. It's like the idea of like the sarcasm. Now I got a, a team of a-holes, you know, basically like, I don't know much people <laughs> like myself, you know, much like I, I, I see, uh, I see like kids all the time where they they kind of grow up in households where, where the parents use sarcasm all the time. Thinking it's funny. It's like, yeah, this kid's a real treat. I'm sure at school, this, this is not working. Right. And, and the same thing with right. the whole team of people here, where it's like, again, you want, you want honesty. Sure. You know, you want levity at times, obviously, but, but there's also a thing though, when it comes to something like that, where she's against the wall, you need her to move. It's like, you know, it's not the time for sarcasm and it's not the time for pulling hard on the leash. Um, and, and there's usually the, I think again, when your default setting is kind of what we've talked about to open with is what, what, what happened in the early nineties, you know, that's, that's not the default setting we can go to anymore. The default setting has got to be like, geez, why is this person standing there? I mean, obviously I explained numerous times why they need to be swimming. So it's either they're doing right. this just to anger me, you know, which again, seems why, why would they do that? Or they're, they've got a reason. You know, much like um, right. I remember, like <laughs> one thing, Boomer, Bill Boomer said to me once, like we were like, God, I said a million times, you got to do this. He's like, Well, then there's there's two options here. You can one, tell him to get, tell him a different way, or two, maybe he's doing it because he needs to do something like this. You know, but it's like there. So he's so basically by by saying like I've told him a million times, now you've already put the the whole paradigm that they're doing it in opposition of me. You know, versus like, I didn't go to them one more time in a different way or with this athlete right. you're talking about that wouldn't warm down. It's like, they're doing it in opposition to me just to, it's like, or I didn't explain the rationale clearly enough, or there's something going on here that maybe I need to know about. And they so have a good you, reason that, that I don't understand. Right, right. So, yeah. so, I mean, if that becomes our default setting, I think it eliminates like 90% of our problems, you know, again, and right. again, the the worst problem is, what a 14 year old girl openly defied you about warming down. It's like, well, now we just got to explain the team one more time or something. I don't know. But again, it, it could have created far bigger worm can than, than just going like, well, let's, let's figure this out. Right. What's going on. Why don't you, why don't you come on over here and right. we'll talk a little bit. Right. All right. Well, I think hopefully we helped some people get it. Their season started off on a better note communication wise, um, or at least we taught them how to walk their dogs. So, you know, one of those or, two uh, scenarios, cheap, right? Or cheap uh, moving tips, cheap moving tips for... Or, uh, cheap, or cheap moving tips or free parenting tips. Yeah, it's got um, it all, all in one great. little yeah. package right here. Right. Yeah, good work, dude. Yeah. Well done. Um, <laughs> thank you, Any sponsors? Joel. Thanks. Uh, um, well, we still have the Magic Five. I, I, uh, <laughs> TheMagic5.com slash swim brief. The swim brief, I should say. Slash the swim brief. Um, you can get a custom fit pair of goggles. I've been wearing mine uh, all summer, and um, I love them. Most comfortable pair of goggles I've ever had in my life. I just recently upgraded all of my equipment, so I've got all the Masters toys now. Um, yeah, uh, snorkels, fins, paddles, Joel. I mean, I'm, they should I'm do the really Magic Five the snorkel, then it would fit better over the, the facial scrub. Yeah, you'd let yourself go I, so much. It, 
seriously, I should get uh. a magic a magic five. If you if you listen to this, take some notes, make a custom fit snorkel because my my snorkel I won't mention the brand name in case in case they want to sponsor down the line, but they are it does not fit my face right. Um, and uh, you know, not not like my magic five goggles. Um, Joel, good luck, man. Thank you. Hope good that talk. first season gets started. I know you've probably got kids coming on campus. And yeah. um, everybody else, good luck with the beginning of your season. If you want to um, reach out uh, and get something here on the Swim Brief, there is Swim Brief Podcast at gmail.com. You can email swimbriefpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to get listener submissions. We did a podcast, I did a podcast last week based on a listener submission. So um, you guys keep that up, and uh, I'll see you again soon. Thank you.